Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Today's episode is brought to you by ModMed. Do your EHR and PM adapt to your style of practice? The ModMed EHR and PM do, with benefits like remembering preferences and automatically suggesting documentation and billing codes. Urologists voted ModMed the number one urology-specific EHR and PM solution available. Built by urologists with input from yours truly. Stop wasting 60 minutes and 200 for each of your open or no-show slot. Go to modmed.com slash prsnetwork. Set up an appointment with the team at ModMed Urology and shift your urology practice into high gear. Imagine a solution on a tablet or the web that works seamlessly with revenue cycle management, analytics, telehealth, payment processing, patient engagement tools, and much more. ModMed is transforming healthcare by placing doctors and patients at the center of care. Welcome to episode 111 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And in today's episode, we are going to cover two different topics. Uh, The first one, we had a question come in, and uh, it had a combination of uh, approaches. One started out open to get access and then uh, turned into a laparoscopic uh, procedure, which most of the work was done laparoscopically, and that generated uh, some discussion internally, and uh, we wanted to cover that and kind of go over what you do in that situation. The next thing we wanted to cover was we wanted to just give you a brief overview of our uh, discussion on the monthly webinar, which is our free webinar that uh, we had uh, this week, and we'll point it to you. We'll give you ac- we'll give you the uh, links to that if you go to prs ne- prsnetwork.com forward slash one 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 for episode one hundred and eleven. But uh, we want to just give the highlights of that and then direct you over that for the for the details. So with that, we'll get started, and uh, it's a it's a quite a lengthy note that we're going to read. And uh, we will post that note on the uh, on the uh, episode site. So, so bear with us. It'll be a and and then we'll kind of go over it again. What do you think, Mark? Do you think the best way to, is to read it or just give a synopsis of it? Yeah, I think a summary would be a better way to go. Yeah, because I, I I think you're right after looking at it. But but we will put the full uh, synopsis on the. Uh, We'll 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 again summarize it on the web uh, episode page. So, all right. So, you want to walk us through what uh, what happened here, Mark, and what they were doing? Sure. All right. So, we're going to give you a summary as we interpret it because it's a, we're a li- as we went through this, we were a little bit um, unsure of exactly what happened and had a little bit of a discussion about that. But what it looks like is that there was a 
a four centimeter incision made and carried down through the tissues. And then they found um, upon uh, further dissection that there was about 300 cc's of fluid um, in, uh, in an abscess or a cavity area within the retroperitoneal area. And it looks like after they irrigated out the area, they placed a port through the same uh, entrance, um, which we were a little confused about, um, but it, that's what we're, we're interpreting it as. And the laparoscope was then put into the abscess cavity. And they found uh, some stone fragments uh, about 18 of them and cleaned it out. Um, they also found a string that they they cut and marked um, while they were in there. Um, and then um, after that was done, uh, they um, and in fact, they switched out the laparoscope with a nephroscope um, to actually perform the service. We didn't see any evidence that they went into the kidney. Um, so, Based on this documentation, we're, we're stuck with an interpretation that there was a, uh, a basically kind of an open uh, abscess drainage um, as well as a laparoscopic um, approach to actually finish off the, uh, the, drain, the aspiration of the cavity that had been created in the in the abdomen with a nephroscope instead of a laparoscope to get the stones so when we put all of that together we don't have a great coding path um and so what we're considering here is our best code uh is the 49322 which is laparoscopic surgical laparoscopy surgical with aspiration of cavity or cyst. Um, and then there are some parentheticals, um, including single or multiple. Uh, so um, given that we can't charge for an open and a laparoscopic um, for the same uh, day, same patient, same area, um, we felt that that code with a 22 modifier appended would probably be the best way to report this particular service. Um, now, because you're gonna have to submit the documentation with a 22 modifier, um, it might be worthwhile seeing this note amended um, to give a little more clarification as to exactly how this procedure was accomplished to cover everything in total. And that might change the coding once we got the the overall clarification. So uh, from a coding perspective, if we didn't get any more information, we'd be stuck with that 49322-22. Um, but I think the first step here would be to go back to the physician and get some clarification as to exactly what was done, a little more explanation so that we could do a better job of getting uh, the, the codes selected for this particular case. Ray, what are your thoughts? Mark, I think you did a marvelous job of, of treading through murky waters. Thank you. That, uh, and, and the clarification I think you're talking about is 
whether they mentioned they put in the laparoscope and did a uh, insufflation of the area, and that would be hard to do with a four centimeter incision. So that, but it could have been a different cavity, not clear. And to clarify the fact, they didn't go into the kidney, uh, which the documentation doesn't show. But I think you're stuck with the code you've got, even with clarification, unless they did make an incision in the kidney that wasn't documented. All right. So, so to uh, make the point that we wanted to make with this, uh, if you do some, you, you do a procedure and you have both an open and a laparoscopic component, you by and you had mentioned uh, by NCCI rules or by Medicare rules, you can't bill an open procedure and a laparoscopic procedure in the same area on the same day. Is that that correct? You couldn't use an XU modifier. Right. And now that rule is actually written the other way, because usually what happens is you you have a, a laparoscopic procedure that you can't compete laparoscopically and convert it to an open. So but it does put that that block for that, you know, same procedure, same day in place. It's just written that way. So it's been it is one of those areas where it makes it a little difficult to do two things with two different approaches that really are the same incision. So there might be somebody that would interpret things a little bit differently and say, yeah, we could build the open and the laparoscopic because we didn't, we did them in reverse order, but I, I really don't think that's going to work in the NCCI rules. So that's why we're recommending that 22 and going, going, but first going back to the doc for some clarification. Have you ever seen that paid those an open and a laparoscopic paid on the same claim? I have not. So that's <laughs> have you ever tried it? <laughs> so yeah, it's been tried multiple times. Um, but that NCCI rule is the one that always comes back is you can't you can't do both. All right. That's the point. Definitely uh make sure you uh, choose one or the other, and you know if there's more work, you can use the 22 or less work the 52, depending on what you're doing. Okay, any other comments on that discussion? No. Okay. All right, let's move on. We wanted to uh, ask Mark if he would give us kind of an overview of the discussion that we had for those of you who missed our monthly webinar. Uh, just kind of hit the high points and then also we'll include, as I mentioned earlier, the link to the webinar where you can hear the full discussion. But we talked about uh, it was how to avoid unspecified diagnosis denials. That was the title. So, Mark, do you want to kind of hit the highlights and then uh, and we'll direct them to the, the webinar for the details? Yeah, so it, it ended up being a rather detailed discussion because the non-specific ICD-10 codes are now becoming uh, a target, um, as virtually everything is for the payers to to come up with a few denials. And so we actually expanded the conversation a little bit to talk not only about those non-specific codes, those codes like C67.9, which is 
malignant neoplasm of the bladder not otherwise specified because there are codes that are really uh, location specific that should be used instead. But we also talked a little bit about the definitions that ICD-10 uses for other unspecified, uncertain, um, and um, not otherwise specified or not otherwise classified. Because all of those things are used within the ICD-10 code system, and not all of them are it, are used in a way that doesn't allow you to use them, but um, there are certain circumstances where you need to be careful on which you use, what the pathologic diagnoses are. All of those things need to be taken into consideration when selecting that ICD-10 code. And then we also talked about a couple of different uh, uh, strategies for picking the right ICD-10 code using an EHR. So it was a, it was an in-depth discussion. It'd be hard to really cover it in total here, um, but I think uh, you know we 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 tried to do a reasonable job of clarifying it in the in the webinar, and I think the visuals helped tremendously when we were trying to go through that. So that's why we did it on a webinar instead of a podcast. Yeah, and I will say that in the discussion, uh, you know, as you mentioned in the, the recap too, that the reason we had the discussion was we are starting to see denials for that, for those ICD-10 denials for those type of uh, unspecified or non-elsewhere classified. So, so really being clear, as clear as you can, but not necessarily that uh, that every unspecified is not justified. That was the other point that you made, that sometimes the unspecified is the correct ICD-10 code. Yes. So, Ray, thoughts? If any of this was confusing, you should go listen to the podcast. It was clarified. <laughs> not the podcast, the webinar. The webinar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it does have the visuals and it does include the the codes and Mark gives some great examples there. So we do encourage you, if you haven't already seen the webinar, check it out because uh, you, you just want, want to make sure that you're submitting that claim correctly the first time because it costs money to get it resubmitted. And it's free. Yes, free webinar. Yes, even better. Okay. Well, we'll wrap this one up here. Um, I do want to remind you that uh, the registration is open for the Urology Advanced Coding and Reimbursement Seminar. So we encourage you to join us in Las Vegas and New Orleans. We'd love to have these discussions in person. It's always uh, always a fun time. So bring bring the office down, bring the practice down, bring your you know if you're a employed uh, urologist, come on down. We we do talk a lot of coding, reimbursement, billing, et cetera, that, that benefits all. All right, final thoughts, uh, Mark. Yeah, what are my final thoughts for today? Um, so it's, uh, you know, the I guess the, the two thoughts are, you know, approach matters um, as to what you're trying to do, and you want to be careful when you're coding 
to take into account the CPT rules and the NCCI rules when you're dropping your charges in. Um, and then the second thing I would have to say is, you know, your documentation on your procedures and your diagnosis coding matters a lot. You know, we, we've, we've emphasized that, I think, over and over again, that that documentation that's there is, you know, not only serves in your audit defense, it also serves in the payment process and your coding process to help your coders get to where they are. So make sure that your your documentation is clear and comprehensive so that the diagnosis codes and the CPT codes that are used to report are correct because it's an expensive process to appeal, redetermine, amend, all of those things. You're better off doing it right the first time and boy, if your documentation's there to back it up, you got a much better shot at cleanly coming through with what you think you should be paid. Ray? Well, you've heard me say many times before, and I'll just repeat, it's insane how detailed and how specific everything is getting, even if it's unspecified. All right, we'll end on that. Uh, take us out, Ray. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, The Juice Reap.